This week on Dig Me Out, Tim and Jay are joined by Chip Midnight, Tom Mullen, and Louise Post of Veruca Salt for a roundtable discussion on bands reuniting. Hello and welcome to another episode of Dig Me Out. I'm your host, Tim Minichi, and joining me once again, my co-host, Mr. Jason Ziak. Jay, it is episode 217, 217 of Dig Me Out. We are in season five, and we are in our March roundtable, Jay. Are you excited? I am excited. This is going to be a big one. This is going to be a big one. This is, this is a big... We did Britpop roundtable for February, and we had our albums of 1995 for January. So this month, we decided to cover bands reuniting, and this is something that's happened... Quite frequently over the last couple years, uh, bands getting back together from the 90s and, and late 80s. I'm going to throw that in there since we're going to be talking about, you know, some bands that existed in the 80s as well. You know, some of the returns have been extraordinary. Some of them have been not so great. We're going to talk about what it takes for a band when they come back to, um, it, does it have to be just a, a tour? Do they, does it have to be an album involved? What What criteria makes us happy when a band gets back decides to get back together sure um so to do that we got a we have an interesting roundtable discussion that's going to go on returning from many episodes before a returning champion uh mr chip midnight proprietor of kidsinterviewbands.com chip how are you i'm good and i'm glad you didn't say weighing in at oh yeah because <laughs> i would not i would not have responded well to that chip i need to know the college that you attended you say chip midnight and then you say the college Ohio State University. Excellent. We're going to do this NFL style. <laughs> Joining us from the Washed Up Emo podcast, Mr. Tom Mullen. Tom, how are you? Fantastic. And your uh, college? What a day. My, my, my college. Um, the college that it's called now or when I went? Or, or that you went? Elon College. In Elon North College. Okay. Interesting. I went there before they accepted. Um, they had uh, like this smart person level, and I got in before they had that, so... <laughs> I'm, I'm good to go. Cool. And then also joining us um, for the first time, we have a rookie on our on our panel. I don't know from where. I, I, I was going to say Chicago, but that probably might not be right anymore. I'm not sure. Joining us from the band Veruca Salt, uh, Louise Post. Louise, how are you this evening? I'm great. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Uh, so you have when a When do band. I say the college? Oh, what college? Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> you screwed up. Barnard College. Awesome. Uh, I, have, I have Bowling Green State University, and so does Jay. So, Although, Jay, you had some... What was it? What was your community college before that? Lorraine County Community Lorraine College. County, yes, LCCC. The vaunted... I think I watched before the game on ESPN3 earlier today. Yeah. <laughs> they have a hell of a curling team. Anyways, I want to start out by asking, since we have a guest who happens to be in a band that has reunited in the last couple of years. Um, I wanted to ask a couple questions. First of all, Louise, in reforming the band, this it's been since 2013 that the band has been back together. So it's been a couple of years. What was the catalyst for that happening? Well, in 2012, way back then, um, I got an email from my former partner and uh, bandmate, Nina, who, Nina Gordon, 
saying, Mazzy Starr is playing Coachella. Why aren't we? Why don't we? Hmm. And uh, we had been in touch over the years, but we hadn't seen each other in 14 years. And so we, we, were, we just were gun shy. And we live in the same city. We live in Los Angeles, but we hadn't pulled the trigger and gotten together. And um, we hadn't talked about playing music together ever, not since we broke up. And in 1998, so here, you know, so she made the first move. And I said, why don't we get coffee first? And we, we went, ended up having dinner and shutting down the restaurant. We had so much to say and so much to catch up on. And there were tears and there were, you know, there was a lot of explaining and a lot of just, just talking, talking, talking. They had to kick us out. And then a f- couple months later, um, we, we got together with our rhythm section, Jim Shapiro and Steve Lack, who... Um, one who was visiting and one who lives close to LA in San Diego County. And um, we did the same thing. We shut down the restaurant and we all, you know, whoever had the table had to apologize. Whoever had the floor had to make an apology for something, whether it was like throwing a shot glass at someone's head or, or, you know, leaving the band too early or, um, you know, a variety of things that kind of like ran the gamut. And, um, and it was hilarious and awesome and like a family reuniting. And we decided that night that we'd do something. We didn't know if it was like play a show, play American Thighs from front to front to back, you know, and maybe record something. We didn't know. We had no idea. But we just we decided we would do something. And that was um, that was August in 2012. And then I th- we started recording our record in the following June. Actually, rec- or, I'm sorry. Was that right? Oh, God. Um, yeah, I guess so. We just finished, so it's a it's a blur. But we've been working really hard for a long time. So when you sat down that first time, there were no expectations. It was just let's try to do some stuff and we'll see what happens. It wasn't like let's do a a single and then see how that goes or anything like oh, that. Oh God, no, we didn't have that much foresight. We didn't. I don't think we dared plan that far in advance. We were just like, can we all have dinner? Can we all like? Can we all get to the next st- stage and and do the next step? And really, I think the, the, what was true, what was evident, was that everyone wanted to do something. Everyone was game. Everyone was available. Everyone was going to do whatever it took to do it. And it was that was that was the that was really what mattered. We again, we didn't know what that was going to be, and I don't know that we intended to make a new album. Um, we had all kind of Nina and I had both shelved music because so we became we had become moms and we had young children and. We were just uh, not really playing music. And all of a sudden, we started getting, we got together. We played a couple songs from American Thighs. And it was lovely and singing harmony together. For us, that's that's the ultimate. And singing together is, um, is incredible for us. And we hadn't done it in so long. So it was quite profound. And then very soon after that, we were kind of bored and like, all right, what do you got? Let's do something new. And it really gave way to a huge, like a a brand, a new chapter of songwriting for both of us. And we inspire each other the same way we did when we made our first few albums together. Um, If not more, I mean, we're just, we're sort of on fire right now. And we just started, we started writing and building momentum. And I came in with a song one night that one day that she made her realize that we were actually making a record. And she did the same for me. She kept coming in with these great songs. And I just, and I realized, oh shit, we're making a record here. Can I say shit on a podcast? There are no rules. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the FCC doesn't control us. Okay. <laughs> you can drop F bombs, whatever you want to do. How liberating. Yes. 
So um, <laughs> unless you guys hold it against me personally, it's all good. So anyway, so um, yeah, so it's just been this incredible road, incredible journey thus far. And you didn't ask me about all that, but I went on and on and on. No, that's great. When did you decide to do the record day single that came out? This the I think it was a seven inch that came out with the two new songs. Was that shortly after you started doing a few shows or did you go, hey, or were you approached by them? How, how does that work in terms of putting out a single for Record Store Day? So what happened was Nina and I got together and we started playing like in her basement quietly as we did in the beginning. We got together, we met in Chicago and we started playing together. And then we met Steve, Steve Lack, who would drive up from the south side of Chicago and play with us on the north side of Chicago. And it's just, it was like, the, and then he would come up every couple times a week and, or, and it was exactly the same way. Then Steve rejoined for coming, driving up from San Diego and, um, and then eventually Jim joined, rejoined and he came out for, he had to come out from Chicago. He's actually commuting to be in this band. It's kind of crazy, but, um, he is definitely like in Chicago and can't move out here. So that's just the way it is. That's what we have to work with. But um, th that's how it happened the first time around. And our original label, Minty Fresh in Chicago, got in touch with us and suggested that we do something and um, specifically for Record Store Day. And we had been recording. Well, <laughs> so when we first started, we had some songs and we were we thought Brad Wood, who had recorded a bunch of our favorite bands in Chicago at the time, we thought he was the bee's knees and we wanted to work with him really badly. And, and he was at our first show and he actually in introduced us to Minty Fresh, Jim Powers of Minty Fresh. And so as it happens, Jim, Brad Wood is out here. And I just said to the band, like, should we, I mean, do we know what he's doing? Like, you think, should I approach him on Facebook? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and, um, and so I did. And he's, I said, you know, it's, it's we're, putting on a single on Minty Fresh for Record Store Day. Is it any weirder to think we might do it, record it with you? Because that's how we released Seether was on Minty Fresh. Um, and with and Brad Wood had recorded it. We just released a seven inch and, and he's like, I'm in. And those were the words I needed to hear. And that was just as it was with American Thighs. We went into it thinking we're just going to record a couple songs. And 16 songs later, um, we are a full, you know, we are, as reunited as a band can be, we've toured, we toured the States last summer, we toured Australia in the fall, and then we got back into the studio and recorded five more songs for the record. And now we are done. The record is, we're working on a release date right now, and we're going to be touring again this summer. Um, we don't know, we don't have the dates yet, but that's the plan. And um, that's how it all went down. So when you were looking at this process again, were there any bands that have reunited in recent years? You thought, oh, they did it right. Like they put out a record, they toured behind it. They're not just going out as like a nostalgia act. 
and just playing old songs over and over again. They're actually making new records, you know, putting out new material for the fans. Or was it just like, we're going to do it our own way and I don't care how anybody else has done it? Well, I'm not sure that I'm aware of a lot of other bands that have reunited and how they've done it. I know um, My Bloody Valentine put out a record, a good record. Mm -hmm. I know they worked on it forever. And I, I saw them in 2008, so that was their reunion, really. But And then the record didn't come out for many more years. So that's not really an example I would use. But um, but I have to – well, since you've mentioned that whole phenomenon of reuniting and you know being perceived as a nostalgia band or not, depending on if you're releasing new stuff, it's been a really strange year for us because last summer we had all – we had finished our record or so we thought – and we were doing a tour, but we had only put out two songs. And we were waiting um, to just dial in the release. We wanted to set it up right. And we just had some stumbling blocks like with our management. And and we couldn't quite get it all, everything set up the right way that we wanted to. And as that happened, we realized, oh, my God, we want to add a couple more songs to this album to fill it out in a way that we, we wanted to see it. And um, – so we've been sitting on this record now for a year. Now we have now it's it's bigger and broader, but we're still being perceived as a band that is just reunited and hasn't released much, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like we're sitting on this big wonderful secret, and I cannot wait to unleash it on our fans. I can't wait. It's driving me crazy, and I think it's I could fairly say it's driving my whole band crazy um, because we definitely are don't are not a nostalgia band. We have a full record, you know in ready to come out of the gates let me throw it out to the to the panel now uh do you do you guys think that bands when they're reuniting that shows are enough or do you really want to see new material chip i'm gonna start with you uh so i would say if it's only shows they need to come to ohio so like quicksand reunited they didn't put out anything new and they didn't come anywhere near so as far as i'm concerned like the reunion was i knew about it but it it flew right by me. It failed the Ohio test. It did. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so I don't know what I'd rather have, like a, a new record or a tour. I saw a pavement on their reunion tour and they had nothing new to support and they were great and it was fun to see them having not seen them in so long. But, um, I think that, that, that reunion was short lived. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think it's going to happen again based no, on recent tweets. So. Uh, Tom, what about you? Uh, no, a band does not have to do that. Uh, Case in point, refused. Um, I was lucky enough to see it in 98 and saw it in their recent tour, and it was 10 times better um, and bigger, and they didn't have to do anything. Their record stood the test of time, so um, and they did play more than a few cities, so they played around the world, so that was definitely something. So I don't think it needs to. I think sometimes bands, they get back together, and like Mineral, they only knew the songs they knew, uh, so there wasn't going to be time for them to learn new songs or put up stuff because people have children, people have jobs and lives and they're putting these things. So maybe their tours isn't as long. Mm. Um, so that, that would be my, that would be, I, I don't, it is not necessary. You know, one thing I'll add to that too is, so I saw Veruca Salt last summer and what's really cool is, I mean, being my age, most of these bands from the nineties I got to see in the nineties, but, and Louise could probably comment on this. A lot of the people that I, that were at that Bunbury festival, had never seen Veruca Salt, so it was it was a first time for them, which was really cool. Lise, you want to you want to chime in oh. about seeing new fans out and how they're reacting as opposed to just people who have you know who are our age, you know, in their thirties and forties who we saw you in the nineties and then are maybe catching a second time around. What's the how's the 
perception different? I can, I have to say that it's it's we're always being surprised. Like there's there's a whole wave of younger younger kids who love Rukasald who you know were very small when we were out that last time, and so it's it's interesting. Like um, there are definitely people who have not seen us, and that's more reason. To, you know, that's another argument for touring, just to 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 play your music for more people. The obvious thing, um, but. Yeah, I've been um, certainly aware of people online who have come around to know us over time or just recently are brand new fans. And that's exciting because I, of course, believe that we have something to share. And, um, you know, I wanted to, to sh- you know, share my thoughts about whether or not bands should reunite. I mean, it's a, it's a cliche that reunion records suck. We all know it. Like, reuni- like that's just, it's like, please don't make it a record. Just play your old stuff. <laughs> nobody wants to hear it and um our booking agent who's really dry and very straightforward sat with us and, and said um he he found us on facebook and said you know let you want to get together and i'd love to book your tours and and he said yeah i would just say go do some shows but don't bother like <laughs> we love this guy but it's so funny that he's just saying like you know don't bother making a record like nobody wants basically nobody wants to hear reunion rock and um, or, you know, like any new stuff. And that's, of course, absurd to me and to all of us. But um, it was funny. But when I when I saw the Breeders reunion um, a couple of years ago, I went with Nina and it was, you know, they were a seminal band for us and hugely influential to the point where we were in, you know, we were delight. We were delighting ourselves by referring to them in our songs and people took it as us trying to rip them off and. Um, it was all laughable and we're friends with them and we went to go see the show and um, I was dying for something new and I and I ended up um, and, you know at the end of the show I, I asked Nina if, if one of the songs had been new and I was like but there was one good there was one new song right and she said no 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 that was on a b-side don't you remember and um, so anyway I, I'm a fan of hearing new stuff even if it's you know Stuff that doesn't necessarily take over the whole set because believe me, I loved hearing all of Last Splash and Pod, but um, but I was after having heard that, I wanted to, I, I want to know that an artist is is thriving and moving forward. That's what excites me. I love hearing old stuff, but I I want to know how they're evolving creatively. How important was it to you to get all of the original members back? It was essential. Do you think that would have harmed the legacy if you were like, well, we got to find a different bass player, so let's get so-and-so from this other band who might be a completely you know, capable bass player and might even have some sort of a connection to the band whether you guys toured together. But do you think like that would have tarnished moving forward? I don't think we would have done it. I okay. really don't. I, I think... Um, 
Nina and I might have decided to do something else musically together, but um, we wouldn't have have made another Veruca Salt record or toured if all four members hadn't been available and wanting and interested. Really, it's not something we were like really looking for. It's sort of like uh-huh. it, it it happened, and it was just this big happy accident, and we were also surprised by it. I'm going to throw this one out to the crowd, and I want to start with you, Jay, because. We had this debate when we talked about the new Afghan Wigs record about Rick McCollum not playing on the record. How important do you think it is for at least the the majority of the members, if not all of the members, to be back from the lineups that we remember? Uh, you know, it's interesting. Sometimes it's not that important. Other times it is. I think it depends on what defines the sound of the band. You know, for me, it was with the Wigs. It was, uh, yeah, it was a lot of Dooley, but it was also the weird guitar playing that you know, Rick McCollum brought to the band and the slide and just that, that element of friction, I think that he brought between what he did and the rest of the band. So to me, that's what defined the wig. So without him in it, it didn't work for me as well as it, as it may have worked for some other folks. So I think it's you know how I, I think you can look at like the the pumpkins right i mean mm-hmm. Billy corgan keeps keeps that band alive but i think for a lot of people it doesn't have the same i don't it just doesn't have the same chemistry or the same passion or i don't know what you know there's obviously something missing there that's not connecting you know with with all the fans is the way it used to so i think it depends on what defines the band and being able to identify, you know, what are those key pieces and making sure that those are still intact to make sure that it's still them. Right. It's not just a, it's not just a tribute band or something. Right. I'll, I'll throw my two cents in on the pumpkins. I think whenever he plays without Jimmy Chamberlain, it makes a huge difference. There are a lot of capable yeah. drummers, but Jimmy Chamberlain is a wholly unique drummer and right. nobody does what he does. And that balanced so well with Corgan's songwriting that, Nobody's been able to follow him. And I, I honestly have not dedicated a lot of time to the record he did with Tommy Lee. So I'm not entirely sure how that one worked out. I have to listen to it more. Mm-hmm. Let me, Chip, what about for you? Do you need to have all the members back or is one enough? Uh, like with LA Guns, perhaps. So I'm thinking hair metal, of course. Right. As I always do. <laughs> um, I, I think I think what Jay said, it, it depends on the band. Um you know, seeing the Van Halen reunion tour without Michael Anthony was pretty awesome. I mean, not that it wouldn't have been awesome with Michael Anthony, but I was completely fine without Michael Anthony being there. Um, and, and as you said, like all the 80s hair metal bands are down to like maybe one, maybe two original people. Mm-hmm. But it goes back, especially in, with the 80s hair metal. It's like all those bands, we remember them from the lineup that was on MTV. But so many of those bands went through so many different members that... If the songs sound the same live, I'm fine with that. What about you, Tom? Uh, again, it depends on the band, but I, I also I think each person in each age has a different reaction. Um, I could see someone standing next to me at the helmet shows that I just went to for the Betty uh, 20th anniversary. It is just the lead singer guitarist left 
but that band had been together for six years, so it actually sounded pretty good. Mm -hmm. um, and there was people there that had never seen them before, and there's me who's old and fudgety and in the back, and you know enjoying it as well. So I I, 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 I try not to think about it too much. I try to just enjoy it and thank God that these bands that I love that I connect to are still doing something and still getting a paycheck and people are still buying merch. Um, I, I kind of want that. I, I, if so, if one person is there and gets something out of it, then I'm happy for the band or I'm happy for that, that person that was there that never got to see them or that's their friend just sent them the CD and they haven't been together for 15 years or something. So I'm always happy for that one person. So I, I totally agree with that. And, and I have this discussion a lot with people around bands reuniting and their, you know, the, the argument of it's not the original band, therefore it's not worth seeing. I was thinking back, like, I would never go back to my first job just because somebody wanted to see the team back together. I mean, there's other dynamics that happened why I'm not at that job anymore or in a relationship or any of those kind of things that because the fans want it to happen doesn't mean that it has to happen. doesn't mean that what comes out of what comes out of it is not going to be good. If that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. So let me ask you guys, I'll throw this out to everybody. Are there any, I guess you'd say, white, white you know, Moby Dicks out there? The, the, the things you absolutely want to see, but you think are never going to happen. Like, I never thought I'd see the replacements get back together, but somehow we have the replacements touring and playing shows and stuff like that. I don't ever expect Uncle Tupelo to get back together. I don't see Jay Farrar and Jeff Tweedy making up ever and, and putting out a record or touring or anything like that. Does any are there any bands that you're like I would pay any amount of dollars to see this I would chop off a finger I want to see this band live one last time Louise I'll start with you is there anybody it doesn't have to be 90s related I'm just talking about history of rock and roll but they're still they still got to be alive so you can't like choose you know the Beatles <laughs> obviously because we have, we don't have all the original Beatles left but are there any bands out there that you're like I want to see them. I haven't seen Led Zeppelin. Okay, that's a good one. It could happen. It, it won't. Could, it, <laughs> it could. I mean, you have who? When? Who is it? Was it uh, Zach uh, sat in from when they did? Um, didn't they play together for like a couple of shows? I think Jason Jason, Jason Bonham or Jason yeah. Bonham. I was thinking, who's Zach? Who am I thinking? That's you're thinking the, of uh, the Who. The Who. Oh, Zach, okay. Yeah. Zach Starkey. Yeah. Okay. Jay? I, I guess 90s wise, for me, it would be Catherine Wheel. I don't think that'll ever happen. No. I don't even I think, think we're going to get reissues. I think that, that band just is like, eh, we're done. Yeah. I think Rob Dickinson's moved on and has other things he's passionate about. and uh, It just doesn't seem like something that he would be interested in doing, but I think I, I'd love to see it. More importantly, I'd love to see them do a record. It seems like we're there's a little bit of a shoegaze resurgence going on and Mm -hmm. I'd love for them to kind of return to their early mid form and, you know, do a record like that. Tom, what about you? Any bands that you absolutely want to see that that are never going to happen? They're never going to happen. Jawbreaker. You can put it in the book. Never going to happen. Yeah, I bet that's a lot of people want that yeah, no, to happen. It's not. It's never going to happen. I had a question for Louise. Do you mind if I change the break course? No, go ahead. Uh, no, but I, I would like to say that every, we were one of those never going to happen bands. So you was, don't that, say that was, never say never. <laughs> that was going to be my answer. Well, <laughs> well, that's the that's actually plays into what I was thinking. What I've, I've interviewed bands before and I've been on the phone with them for a podcast and they're like, yeah, we're never going to reunite. And then two years later, it happens. 
Louise, what what was that time? What was that moment? I know that a time heals all, but what was that moment when it sort of happened? Like what was in everybody's head or because there's a lot of shit that happens and there's conversations and there's issues. And what was that like one moment when you're like, shit, I think we're going to do this. What was that like? What did that feel like? It was honestly when I got that email from Nina and I had been, I had, I had a two-year-old and I was thinking, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to play music anymore. Like I may make an, I may make an acoustic record. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do a band uh, under, you know, obviously a different moniker. I was done being Baruch Assault with other members. That was, that was done for me. And I was thinking like, I might, I'm not going to give you the band name because who knows, like it may end up being like a little side project someday, but, um, but I don't know. I just wasn't, I wasn't interested in it. And, um, she and I had been in touch and we we're, you know, we sent like birthday emails and, um, we actually reconnected at one point pretty seriously about family stuff, mainly about motherhood stuff. And, mm-hmm. and then, and that was the thing that brought our friendship back to life. Um, it was having babies and, and then we sort of separated a bit and I, and I had just thought to myself, you know, I don't think I'm going to make such a big effort anymore because she kind of falls off the map and, and I don't know if we're ever actually going to get together. So let's just let it, let it lie, you know, just like, let it. and it was sort of like that at that moment that she sent me this email and saying that, um, Mazzy Star was playing Coachella and we should be too. And it was like, for her, it was sudden. I've heard her talk about this now quite a bit. And it was just, it was weird. It was like she she had this whole, like, the idea of us playing together had not been something she was entertaining. And she was also, like, deeply in, deeply immersed in motherhood and early uh, early motherhood. And um, and all of a sudden, it was like, it irked her that Mazzy Star was playing and they had reunited and they were playing Coachella. And she thought, why aren't we doing this? This is stupid. Why don't we get back together and do this? And she really, she really had to spearhead it. And so when she, because of just the dynamic between us and the, the things that had happened in the time past. And, and so when she did, I thought right then and there, like this could happen and this is happening. Like whatever it is, we're going to do something together. And, um, and then I, I had lunch with Steve and, and I asked him and he said, I, I never knew. I thought this day may come someday and I had no idea what my answer would be, but it turns out it's yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then apparently it turns out that Jim Shapiro, our drummer um, from the first two albums and a half, was, um, was, you know, had his own regrets. Like he wished he hadn't left the band when he did. He, he left the band right after we recorded Eight Arms to Hold You, but before we toured on it. And um, so we found another drummer and we toured with Stacy Jones for that whole year. And it, it just was really clear to us that if Jim wasn't interested, it wouldn't happen because we had to be the original lineup for it to make sense and for it to be worth doing it. So I think it was really that email from Nina that told me that we're going to go forward with this. And then hearing that both guys were, were down and were really game to do it was, it was obviously like the final frontier. And there we were. That's great. Can can you tell when a band is doing it for a paycheck or for the love? I realize the paycheck helps, but when you're watching a band, like when I saw at the drive-in at Coachella, I could tell it was just they were going through the motions. Um, can can you tell? Sometimes you don't have to name bands, but sometimes I just feel I'm like that band literally just got the paycheck and went home. 
<laughs> but see, but I got to know what paycheck. Like, where's the paycheck? Because we didn't, <laughs> I have not seen it. All right. So no, but I'm I mean, just saying. Mm-hmm. I've. I mean, I think bands at Coachella or the, those festivals. I mean, they're they're getting they're getting advances. They're getting for those five or six shows, and then that's it. I suppose mm. if you're like if you're getting a bunch of festival advance festival love then and you're just going on a festival circuit, then possibly. Um, but peop- that's a, that's something that comes up a lot. Like, are you in it for the paycheck or are you doing it for the love of the band? And I'm, I'm I've yet to see the paycheck, so I'm just wondering what people <laughs> are talking about. <laughs> <laughs> that answers it. <laughs> yeah, that does. I'm trying to picture at the drive-in mailing it in. <laughs> like um, they're well, so actually- frantic. Well, I mean, I actually was just watching a show from 1998 that I had I witnessed and someone reminded me that it was online. I watched it. Then I watched the Coachella stuff specifically today. And yeah. I realized years had passed, but it, mm-hmm. there's just there was something about it that it just seemed, you know, they were like, when is this over? And, th- you know, that was kind of like, OK, I'm just going to remember 1998. It's funny that you mentioned that the kids were involved in you and Nina getting back together, because when we had. Kelly Scott on um, not too long ago, he had mentioned that the reason why Failure got back together was essentially because Greg and Ken's kids had playdates and they started talking about music. And Mm -hmm. then that turned into playing with Kelly again. And I wanted to know, how does that now affect touring and recording and being in the adult world as opposed to being 20 years old or 25 years old and you know, sort of having that freedom, how much more, or how does that affect things? Having more responsibilities? Yeah. Well, it's it's wildly different, radically, radically different. And um, I, I smile when you bring up Kelly Scott because I, I love that guy. And um, I just want to add that I love that Failure's Back Together. I saw their show and um, I'm just, I was a huge fan. And um, that's what led me to him and why I ended up playing with him. And... Um, you know, he is a phenomenal drummer and it, I was totally honored to be in a band with him for a period of years. Um, so that being said, um, one, you brought up play dates and as it happens, um, Nina's, Nina's and my kids are good friends and we do have play dates. And in fact, we're able to, we're able to work together sometimes when someone watches the kids and we can actually get some work done. And it's, it's so different. It is so different. Like we're rather than just living, eating, breathing, sleeping music, like around the clock, we're doing that, but with children. So like, it's sort of like being 24 seven parents and being 24 seven musicians. So like, I find myself looking at my daughter, she's talking to me and I'm writing lyrics as I'm looking at her, like in my head. (laughs) And I'm just, and I feel like, you know, some parents have guilt because they're at work a lot. And I, I I should say that I do because, um, you know, I do go to work. I'm in the studio all the time. Um, And she has extra preschool because of it, because I've got to go make this record. You know, I'm a working mom now. But I also have guilt because when I'm with her, it's like to be corny, like the music just doesn't stop playing. It's still going in my head like a loop, like whatever song we're recording, whatever song is is being workshopped or I'm writing the lyrics for at the moment is on loop in my head. And I'm sitting here with her and with my family like I wish I could say I was present but I'm not quite present so it's a big challenge and schedules are challenging to you know get just get pin each other down and make sure that we all get together um and and then it's crazy there's like you know there's school and there are school events and there's the holidays are much bigger deal than they used to be and 
So it's, it's absolutely different, but it also, I find, um, you know, in general, while we're on the topic, motherhood has been so liberating, like, thank God it's not all about me anymore. And I'm not as much of a narcissist. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so, um, so it's, it's been a dream in that, you know, three of us have kids. One of us has many cats and a wife and, um, and all of us are hopefully a little more mature and we want to do it right this time. And, um, and it's still hard being in a band. Don't get me wrong. It's still hard because we're making a record and we're four highly opinionated, creative, like frantic, frantically creative people. Um, and, and what I think makes it better is that we do have these other lives. You know, when you're in your twenties and you're in a band, you just feel like this is all, this is my family. This is my livelihood. This is my paycheck. This is hopefully, you know, for, for some, and this is what I do. And all the stakes are so high and you're defining who you are and who in, in this world as an adult and, um, someone, you know, people better not threaten that. And it may lead to, you know, it leads to magic for some. And I think it did for us, but now it's like we get to re to revisit the magic, if you will, while being, um, more grown up and it's, it's freaking awesome. When you're going to those school events, does anybody ever double take and go, is that, are you, you look familiar. Does anybody, do you ever get that and at random places you're not expecting it? A Baskin Robbins. Yes. <laughs> Baskin Robbins. I, I've had that with some of the parents and parents. it's just, yeah, with the, pa- with the parents. <laughs> yes. It just, sounded, it just sounded funny. I know it's, it's ridiculous, but it's like, you know, these parents, these particular parents at this preschool, like all around the same age, all like grew up in the nineties, all listened to Rukasalt at some point, And they're like, Holy shit. <laughs> You know, like job maker. You're who? <laughs> like, um, no, they can't believe it. Or, or you know, they'll be whatever. It's yes, yes, that happens, and it's awkward and weird, and um, and you know, it's also very sweet. It's very sweet to meet people who who like love my band then, and um, to be able to tell them what's going on now. You mentioned about the the part about getting over the. The narcissism and, and and sort of evolving as a person, and that's I think that's something we hear a lot with bands that reunite in the last couple of years is that they sort of put their issues behind them and they've matured as people and all that stuff is you know in the past. Do you think that now with the responsibilities and the wisdom that you've gained, that the way that things ended with Rukasold in the '90s and with Nina leaving the band, that that would have been different had you had the wisdom that you've gained now or do you think that that was just going to be a, a natural course of the band and there was no changing that well of course we um it's it's of course it's it, it's useless and fruitless to regret but um we we've have a hard we've had a hard time with that because we do feel like we split up prematurely and we feel like we you know we're making now we're making our our third full-length album together that we were just about to make before all hell broke loose in our personal lives And creatively, we were in the pocket and we were on fire together and and raring to go and had all these songs that we that were ready for the next record. And then we fell apart interpersonally and the band broke up. Um, Technically, she left, but, you know, so Jim had already left and then Steve wasn't comfortable staying. And so and so on and so forth. So I think, you know, we've talked about what could have been different, like 
possibly we could have had managers who brought suggested you know said suggested a therapist or um but that didn't happen until like a few years later with metallica <laughs> we had metallica's <laughs> managers you know so we've we've been saying like Oh, right. That was, they didn't realize that you could bring a th- uh, <laughs> you could bring a therapist into a band until Monsters, and that happened like a few years after. That's the right movie, right? Yeah, some Where kind of monster. Ther- yeah, some yeah. kind of monster. Um, but, you know, and then there's like, we, we joke about there's, you know, Keith and Mick who just would, you know, have a fist fight and get back to business and write, make their record, you know. Um, Nina and I just, you know, ha- we could have even gone at it with Nerf Bats. I mean, or just had a just full-on like cat fight and just kicked each other's asses and got back to work, you know, but we had to separate because whatever we had to. And, and we regret that we had to, because we feel like possibly we could have just avoided a lot of BS and years of like duress and anguish over one another. Although I think that possibly all of that led to some good songs on both of our parts. <laughs> Nonetheless, it was a nightmare. It was a total nightmare. I lost my best friend. You know, it was an acrimonious breakup of the behind the music variety. And it was, it was shitty. And, um, and so, so we, we both felt the fallout for many years to come. And while we are obviously all of us, the sum of our parts and we're, we're one cell to be different, our lives wouldn't be as they are now. And, um, I often think like we're anything to be different. My daughter wouldn't be who she is. And that's sort of, for me, that, that is the poetry of life. Like I, I, to regret anything is, 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 um, absurd, but it is when we do look back on that time, we like to sort of fantasize about how we could have avoided it. And because now in hindsight, it seems trivial, you know, it seems like something that was manageable, but we didn't have the tools to, to mat, to handle it at the time. Well, I will say that, with Metallica working with a therapist, they put out the worst record of their entire career <laughs> after that. So maybe that wasn't the best road to go down. Well, we're making su- our third, right? Go ahead. They, they, they got rid of the guitar solos for that record. That was, that was the oh. thing. And they, and they, and they made the drums sound like a tin can. So oh. that might've been the better option. To not well, use the I, therapist. I'm, I'm, so happy to um to be making our third record now and that's really the happy ending to this story because now we get to make it so you mentioned about you know this sort of not positive split there i think there are a couple bands that based on the way that the bands broke up i never thought that they would get back together one would be dinosaur jr which i believe ended with jay massis hitting uh lou barlow in the head with a guitar or something like that on stage and then Lou Barlow was out of the band shortly thereafter. I never expected those two guys to play music together. And the other one was the Pixies, which ended with Frank Black faxing the rest of the band that they were that the band was over. He didn't even call them. This is 
you know, 1993. It's not like you could send an email. Like, you're either going to call somebody or apparently you're going to send them a fax. So I'm wondering if anybody has any bands that they're genuinely shocked that this band ever got back together based on the acrimonious history of the breakup. Um, Chip, I'll start with you. Marucasol? No, I don't know. I can't. I can't think of any. Yeah, I don't know. Jay, since since Chip didn't have any. Uh, Dinosaur Junior. I agree with that one. Plus, with uh, you know their biggest success came with Lou Bar- Barlow out of the band, and it seemed like you know Jay Maskus had really taken ownership of that band and defined it. So it was really the only surprising they got back together. But how good the records were that they they've done since. Um, and then the second one I would say is uh, Allison Chains. Um, just the you know, Lane Staley was so he's been so copied and it, it almost seemed like impossible to ever resurrect that. And the fact that they have, and they've done it in a way where they're you know pretty relevant. You know, I, they basically did the ACDC thing. They found another singer who's different enough to have his own identity, but can still do the old song. So I'm really surprised that they pulled that off. So if you say Allison Chains and I'll say Blind Melon, because I mean, they same thing. I never thought after yeah. Shannon Hoon died that they would ever get back together, and they all seem to be set in their ways and doing their own thing. And I was completely shocked when they when they got back together. Not not because yeah. I don't think they ended it. I mean, obviously it was the death that ended that band, right? And it wasn't right. like they they had a bad breakup. But when Shannon died, those guys all took off to different corners of the U.S. and and really just needed a lot of time to kind of get through that. So especially with the singer. You know, it's just the day to find the band. So to be able to not only do it, but do it uh, really well is pretty amazing. Tom, any bands that, that surprised you? Uh, I, that's funny enough. Allison Chains, I got to work that uh, one of their reunion records, not reunion records, but comeback records. Um, and it was awesome to kind of see them take on those songs that you didn't think <laughs> they could be resung. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, holy crap. This is awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was, you know, and you could tell the band was excited and, you know, had a different, you know, they were like, wow, we can actually do this and not have any crazy drama. Um, the other one for me was um, for this this past year was American football. You know, when they were together, they played maybe 12 shows total to maybe 120 people total. So for them to now play the world and sell out um, places and, uh, you know, four nights in New York and playing all over Europe it's pretty crazy to see one album. They had one album <laughs> and mm. they're milking that for all it's worth, but they deserve it. That record was pretty influential for a lot of people. So um, that was something very, very surprising to see. Another one I'll throw out there is uh, Sleater Kenny. I was not expecting a new record from them, mostly because Carrie Brownstein's on Portlandia and she seems to be busy with other things. And for them to drop a new record secretively in the midst of releasing the box set, was pretty cool and the fact that it's probably one of the best records they ever did is also pretty cool um some of the bands that have put out new records have put out ones that have been less than stellar have there been any albums by reunited bands that have been disappointments um i'll just throw out there that the pixies one i thought was a little subpar was a lot subpar i'll be honest compared to earlier material anybody got any ones i'll just throw it out there for anybody that they've Listen to the record and went, no, this this should not have happened. I don't know that Soundgarden was subpar at all, but I think I listened to that record once. Yeah, I so wanted to like that record more than I do. Yeah. 
I don't know that it's bad. It's just maybe my expectations were too high. Yeah. Did anyone ever hear the Jane's Addiction reunion oh album? Because I heard it had- was bad, and I just couldn't bear to listen. Guess who had to yeah. work it? <laughs> <laughs> I had to work that record. Uh, I, I worked. I uh, in before I was at indie labels. Now I'm at major label stuff, and working with them, it was kind of a a weird. It was yeah, that was, that was a weird time. So I'm gonna say that while <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't no, like it as a- much as I don't like it as much as the early stuff. I actually like that Jane's Addiction record quite a bit. Woof. Which one are we talking about? What's it called? Uh, Dog shit, uh, I think. Hold on. Strays? Is that the one with the theme song from no, Entourage? Okay. It was After no, Strays. It was, uh, I think it was after something with just, We're all Googling right now. I think it's something with Jack Daniels. <laughs> the, it was the so good. Great Escape Artist. Yeah. Whoops. Yep. Is that oh. The Great Escape? I've never even heard of this. All God, right. So this is sort of, I guess this is sort of my point. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, I remember. I mean, no, one, no one would forget. Um, no one would forget Ritual de lo Habitual or Nothing Shocking. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, the Great Escape Artist. Yeah, this was this was it. I got it for a dollar out of a used bin, so I got my dollars Ouch. worth out of it. Oh god, uh, that's we were, awful. <laughs> we were going to an interview, and um, uh, Harry Farrell was beautiful, super nice, and Dave um, didn't have a shirt on, of course, and we were somewhere. We needed ID, and he didn't have it, and um, he. Uh, he was like, I don't have my ID. I'm like, well, I told you we're supposed to be going somewhere. You need to bring your ID to go in there. And obviously he had no place to put it um, <laughs> without a shirt on. And then as we're f- we finally get him in and we're going up this elevator and he like looks at me and he's like, so this is your fault. <laughs> and I said, well, that's wow. thanks. But uh, I- I'm sure he had a bad day, but he didn't have a shirt on. So maybe he was cold. <laughs> I had such a huge, huge crush on him. I mean, I'm sure like every girl. Not now. No, I did. I had such a massive crush when they came out. And I went and saw them. And this is before I started my band. And they were they were headlining Lollapalooza in Chicago. And I ended up backstage and at this table with him and Eric and um, Eric Avery and their lady friends. And, um, it's getting good. Yeah, and so I was so <laughs> starstruck. I was just like struck dumb. I was sort of sitting there like so awkwardly. And you Eric Avery was I really didn't know what to say. And Eric Avery was so nice. And and then um I ended up because somehow I was backstage at this Jane's Addiction show by myself. And I <laughs> I was just so I was so completely blown away by this band. I mean, they were my Beatles, you know. They were like nothing shocking completely blew me away. Completely blew me away. And here I was with the band members. I guess this is the most starstruck I've ever been. And and now I'm forgetting the name of their illustrious drummer who um, Stephen Perkins was so rude to me. <laughs> and, um, and that was what I was left with was just like Stephen Perkins going like trying to pass me a joint or going like, you want this? And I'm like, um, he goes, yeah, you do. And I'm like, no, wow. I don't. I don't. I don't really want your like greasy joint. No. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Anyway, it was just great. He had this bevy of like babes around him, and he was shirtless too. And um, anyway, um, but I just had to interject that like it's oh, such a crazy, crazy, crazy crush on Dave Navarro. I got grounded for Ritual record. My dad took the record for me after I got it in the BMG. You know, twelve CDs for a penny, and he read the lyrics, and he's like, "You're grounded." <laughs> <laughs> That's you sucked. might be the last kid to have been grounded for a record. 
I don't think that happens no, anymore. No, definitely not. No, was, there was more <laughs> after that. Two Left Crew. God, I was. It was bad. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the. Uh, I want more backstage stories. That's what yeah, I want. Let's I, want go. More, I want more of her going up and being like, oh, my God. Um, well, I've got a lot. <laughs> Where do you want to begin? I don't think we have the time. That's going to be a whole separate show. We're just going to do <laughs> yeah. back. It's going to be called Backstage Stories with Louise. And she's no, going right. to give us a whole bunch of backstage uh, stories. I'm but there. you know what would be funny is if we all were on, too, but never said anything. But we just, just let her just tell stories and laugh. <laughs> I think like that would be a really funny podcast. I think that, yeah, I think that'd be a funny pocket. I'm totally do it. I'm here for that. That could oh, be a show way. on IFC, by the way, just backstage <laughs> oh. stories reenacted by actors. That's actually really good. You should patent that quickly. All right. Nobody I, say know, anything about this. Do you want my joint? Was that good? Was that good? Don't don't say it on a podcast. Whatever you do. Right. Do you I, want my joint? Sorry, I'm just trying to reenact the Stephen Perkins. <laughs> I've got to fix like you want want some of this or you know like it was just oh. gross. he wasn't was flexing while he was doing was it was he like flexing his pecs or anything or no, making it incredibly just, comfortable no he just thought i was one of his minions i was not one of his minions did he call it was, anyone named mercedes or or bambi was anyone did he did he do that i didn't notice i was just left i was sort of just mortified and ran away um <laughs> But anyway, um, but one band I want to know about is Verbena because I've been listening to A.A. Bondi and blown away and 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 so touched by by his music. And um, and I'm wondering, but I, I loved that band. And I wonder if I think they're one of those ones that probably will never get back together. Right. No, I don't think they will. Yeah. So I, they I were like the they were the big buzz band in like the early 2000s. Right. Like they were going to be. The it, was, it was late 90s. Was it late nineties? Because yeah. I saw them at Little Brothers here in Columbus. Yes. I don't know if you went to that show, Jay, or not, but yeah. I know I went with a couple of people, and um, it was packed. I mean, for a band that had one record out, I don't even I don't even know if the record was out yet. It might have just come out, but Little Brothers, which hold which back then held about four hundred people. I mean, it was people were standing on or sitting on the side rails of the place. It was so packed. I thought they were. Or I remember the buzz was like this could be the next Nirvana. That's how yeah. gritty and and then it seemed to like shift immediately to like the Strokes. Like no, we're gonna go to Garage Rock, and that's what that's what blew up. It wasn't gonna be there was gonna be a new Nirvana. It's gonna be like there's a new Garage Band. But they were yeah, sort of garagey. Yeah, I was gonna say I'm pretty sure my Chicago friends like Louise turned me on to Verbena because I saw them on the Souls for Sale tour, and there was nobody at Little Brothers for that show. Yeah, that was that was the record. Yeah. I think Into the Pink was the tour I saw him on yeah, then. Yeah. It must have been the second record. But so, okay, so I think I was at that show too. And, and at that show, I could tell, I don't know if they all hated each other, but there was definitely some a lot of tension on the stage that night. Yeah. A lot. I saw that. Yeah, I saw that too. But and if you guys just... haven't, yeah, if you haven't heard A.A. Bondi, you should, because it's really incredible. I was just thinking about Tuscadero for a second. I was how, like, they, they kind of had that moment where, it was supposed to be the next thing, and then it just went away in a, in, in like a heartbeat. Yep. We reviewed the Tuscadero album, I think, on the first season of the show. The Pink oh, album. fantastic. I don't think we liked it. <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> I think Jay and I were, I think Jay and yeah. I were going with a big ex- expectation, and uh, we were a little let down by some of the songwriting. I think we thought it was a little undercooked. 
well, you're which... you're out of your minds. So okay. Let's just, let's just leave you're not the first person to tell us that based on a review that we've done, including up into this year. I'm glad that you've said what you feel, though. That's fantastic. You're wrong, but I'm glad you've said <laughs> right. what you feel. So That's, let me go. I, I, the one band that I don't think we'll ever get back together that I would like to see, and I think Louise would, uh, would second this, is Triple Fast Action. Oh, yeah. They'll never... I, I don't think Wes will ever... Put any music out ever again. Oh, and that's I heartbreaking. Kill, I would kill to see them again. That's some of the best shows I've ever seen. Was them? I will say when they went out, they went out with a bang. Their last show, they played every song they'd ever written. So I guess you can't complain too much. But is that when when they had all of the for sale signs on their gear? That was yeah. so sad. Yes. Oh God. All right, but I, I do want to say that Chip, I think you had a hand in reuniting my band, didn't you? You were just like angling I would on like Facebook. To think so. Yeah, just, just like on Facebook, just like tagging me and Nina at the same time all the time. <laughs> like, I know that you were angling to get us back together and really Absolutely. working it. Absolutely. Um, and there's something that you did that made us, that gave me pause. What was it? What did you do? What were you orchestrating over there in your little dark, dark corner? <laughs> I had a dream one time that, that, that Scott Lucas curated a Chicago reunited festival oh that's i don't know if that's what it was but it was like it was a it was a very vivid dream but it was you guys and and local h and fig dish and triple fast so yeah you were dropping that's what it was was. you were dropping big hints i was picking them up but it was love it was lovely i know i really appreciate it and they came at the right time like there would have been a time when i would have crucified you for doing that but (laughs) but it was the right time and i think you probably sensed that and you probably also knew like it's now or never girls like let's do this let's make it happen i had all my fingers and toes crossed i know you did sweetie (laughs) way to go chip good job picturing chip is like a puppet master yeah but it doesn't work with west kid and triple fast action yeah I, I don't know. Maybe it can. It, it just, doesn't. I've tried just keep dropping too. those Facebook posts. Jeff, and eventually <laughs> it'll, it'll work. Try a different hey, angle. We've hit the one hour mark, which is our, our typical end time for these round tables. So I think we, this is a good point to, um, to wrap it up and say thank you to everyone. I want to start with Louise. Thank you so much for taking out some of your time on your Sunday evening to chat with us. Um, we really appreciate it. And we're all looking forward to the new record. I can say Thank that. You. And the Thank t- you. And the second episode when we just laugh. <laughs> yes, and the second episode. Well, thank you for having me, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure. And when the new record comes out, you'll come back on and we'll talk about the new record and we'll go track by track through the whole thing and you can explain every, all the songwriting and recording and all that kind of stuff. How's that sound? That's <laughs> only if I can bring Nina. Can I bring Nina? Absolutely. Okay. She can meet, she can meet my Nina, which is two and a half years old. And uh, we can uh, we can have a Nina fest. Cute, <laughs> Tom. That's adorable. It's a it's a deal. Okay, excellent. Tom, thank you for coming on. And uh, we want to remind people they can go to washedupemo.com to listen to your podcast. And you then also, some interesting guests on. Um, can I plug one more thing? Yes, please do. It, if if you're wondering if your band is emo or not, you can go to isthisbandemo.com um, and it'll tell you if it's not. And also there's is this band hardcore, is this band punk, is this band indie, and is this band metal.com if you're wondering. So that's you are the you are the the master of is your band. You're like the guy who owns like Christian singles 
and Farmers Only and all those dating sites that are segmented, you have that cornered for Is Your Band. That's awesome. I, I, I don't know if I'm going to, I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but yes. It is. That guy's got like $100 billion. I have He's, zero. So, okay. <laughs> well, I, you need to expand out to like Is Your Band Polka, Is Your Band Klezmer, or whatever that word is, or Zydeco, or whatever. Cover I, all the bases. Ne- so nobody else next. can infringe. Okay. That is next. Thank you very Chip, much. Yes. Chip Midnight, we can find you on Facebook, Stalking Bands, and at kid, <laughs> kidsinterviewbands.com. Um, have it. you done one with Farouk Assault yet? It has to be in Columbus, so no, not yet. Okay. We'll, we'll get him on the next tour, right? Uh, yes. You guys yeah, are putting <laughs> her on the spot. You guys are putting her on the spot for two things. Like, should I I'll just do it? Like, should I put her on the spot about anything? Come on. I'll just, I'll just <laughs> this is the time. And, and it'll happen. Okay. <laughs> and of course to my co-host Jay thanks once again for um, I don't know showing up for the 217th time in a row I appreciate it no problem All when right, are you guys going to break up and get back together I know <laughs> well we have that planned out around episode 500 we're going to do All our, right. our break up I, I, tr- I actually keep trying to get Tim to do the show without me he won't do it no <laughs> it's the opposite <laughs> I'm like no you, uh, you just sit out this one you'll be good I'm like, no, you must be here. Showing up. We must talk about every record released in the 90s, all, all of them, and then we're done. All right. Deal. So I want to remind people they can go to iTunes to leave us positive feedback if you enjoyed this episode. And if you'd like to request a review, you can head on over to digmeoutpodcast.com to request a review, an album that you would like to hear us review. That's it. Another one in the books. We'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out. Join the conversation about this episode at digmeoutpodcast.com where you can find links to our Facebook page and Twitter feed as well as links to our request a review and merchandise pages. Stay for